Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. My name is Talia Joy, and today I'm sitting down with Cassie Parks. Cassie is a law of attraction coach, money mindset mentor, podcast host, and author. Today, we're talking about all things abundance and how to manifest more money. I've been following Cassie for years, and so I'm really excited to have her on the show today, and I know you're going to love everything that she has to say about manifesting more money. So without further ado, let's welcome Cassie onto the show. Hello, Cassie. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you, my love? I am fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. Just excited to be in this space with you and have this conversation. Yeah, it's it's really going to be good. Um, for everybody listening, I've been following Cassie for a while. She has, I think you have a couple podcasts, don't you? You have two podcasts, Manifesting yeah. Now and Manifesting Success Stories. Yeah. So I've mainly been listening to manifest it now, and I've been listening to Cassie for a few years. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, as I was developing my own manifestation teaching styles, I was influenced by you guys and I love your laid back approach. I'll call it like, it's this, it's, it's the balance of the masculine, and the feminine, the doing and the being, as I know we'll get into. And I just love, I just feel like your message is so real, the way you interpret and teach manifestation. It's just so resonates with the way that I see the world and see, you know, manifestation as well. So I can't wait for us to dive in. Um, so why don't we start by just doing, um, a little intro and let us know for anyone that hasn't heard of you, who you are and what you do and where you are and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I have, this has come from my clients. So I use it now, you know, I'm the fairy godmother of those people who want to manifest more than parking spaces. Specifically, if you're really good at parking spaces, but you want the money for that new car or a different life, new house, whatever that is. Um, I teach people that, you know, a practical grounded and very fun approach to manifesting. Um, I love teaching manifesting money. Uh, I also do future self work. So we really create you know, people's lives, the, the life that they've been wanting to live. Mm, Yeah. That's amazing. How long have you been doing this? Uh, it was eight years in November. Mm, Nice. I mean, I have two parts. Yeah. (laughs) I have the first half of like really trying, but actually doing in the being and being successful eight years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. Hey, there's like not before and after, cause it's such a continuum, but mm-hmm. it's like, I've been doing this for this many years, but I've only really been grounded in who I am for a couple. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Great. Well, we're going to dive into money today and everything that kind of surrounds that. I know that's a very, um, sought after topic. And I love that my audience were really looking to manifest more, but from a, from a soul aligned place, from a place of allowing money to support us and to be able to live our dreams. I know a lot of people listening are kind of like me in the way that it's not just about the million dollars or the 10 K months or the hundred K this it's really about the life and the life of freedom and really allowing money to support us. And a lot of people have found that it's been challenging. I get that a lot that they feel like they're blocked or they grew up in scarcity or lack, and they just can't bust through that. So why don't we dive in? What are your, first of all, why don't you just maybe introduce like your approach to manifest? Manifesting money and how you start to guide people through when they're starting in that place of, okay, some stuff is coming in. Like you're saying some parking spots, some free cups of coffee, but I want to go quantum. I want to go big. I want the car, the home, whatever it is. Where do we start? 
Yeah. So I always start with manifesting money because we're manifesting money. Um, for me, my program is called Manifest 10K. Um, and actually before that, I start with an intro that's really about um, identifying your money story just to bring awareness to, because somebody, it's easy sometimes people go, oh, like my mom didn't have money or my this, right? But sometimes we pick up those habits. Sometimes we try to be different and we go the opposite and it's still not what we want, right? So we go through the money stories uh, because that awareness helps down the road. It also helps me as a coach, you know, when more money does come into your life and there's a question, uh, I asked this on a call the other day, you know, he's like, okay, I have this money now, what should I do with it? And I'm like, what was your former story? He's like money chaser. I'm like, we put it in the bank and we get real comfortable with it. <laughs> um, and we see, we give ourselves the challenge. How long can I leave it there? Right. Uh, and so we really start with that and identifying just even words that we're using that aren't supportive of the story that we want. And then we go into the intention to manifest $10,000. And that number is very intentional. You know, when I started my program, it was called money, money, money. And I let people tell me what they wanted to manifest. Right. And what I found is that anyone who hasn't, who's only manifested a parking spot and starts to go for a million dollars is likely not going to make it because it's too big, too fast. We can't grow into that. There's not enough success. You, you haven't built that foundation. So $10,000 is generally big enough that people can't figure out right where it's going to come from. Uh, they have to manifest it, but also that it's not so big that it throws our brain into being afraid of oh, we can't handle a million dollars. Like we could barely handle the hundred dollars in our checking account last week or right. Um, or the mortgage payment. And so it's just in that sweet spot for me that I've found for my clients. So that's where we jump off is the intention to manifest $10,000. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that you start with the money stories and, you know, that's sort of like, you hear this a lot. And like you said, it could be like your parents and a lot of people have gone there and I had gone there too, going like, okay, I grew up with, you know, poverty and my mom was kind of scraping by, but there wasn't anything major that I could see was holding me back. But what I started to realize is like my stories, I would start witnessing out of my mouth going like, oh, I'm just sick of always hovering around zero, or I just feel like I can't get ahead. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so I love that you're saying money stories because these are literally the things coming out of your mouth. And, you know, I'll do that in a client call where I'm like, you know, tell me about X, Y, Z, like what they are, that they want, what it is that they want to change. Tell me about money. And they'll be like, Oh, I just, this, and, that. and there you go. There's your stories. And it's not a blame. It's not a judgment. It's just, we all have them. So what do you find are some of the common stories you see with people when you're starting this process? Uh, the most common, and I found this from interviewing my clients early on, I just started like one day I was just inspired to ask the question and I kept asking it and I kept getting the same five answers. So uh, there's survival, which is that very stressful, panicked place. There is never enough. Um, and if your story is survival, you'll create that over and over again, not even realizing that uh, there's money chaser. Is there people that will spend any amount of money to try and make money, right? So business owner entrepreneurs, a lot of times get into this, um, the money hot mess, which came out of people's mouth. And that's really the person who's never had to worry about money. It's always been easy. It's always been there. They've never really had to budget. They've never had to think about it. They just think about, you know, money just has always come into their life. And, but they realize they want something different when they get to a place and they're like, huh, I've made a lot of money, but I don't have a lot to show for it what they think they should have to show for it. Right. Um, there's the hold tights, 
uh, which are the person who will, you know, spend an hour to drive across town to save 50 cents on gas. Right. (laughs) Um, Or once I heard from a whole tight, she slept on the floor because she was for months because she was waiting for a mattress to go on sale um, months so that she could save that like hundred dollars or $200 she slept on the floor. Um, and then there's the just enough and just enough is this person that, you know, if the furnace breaks, they know a thousand dollars is going to show up, but if they start saving for something, they know something's also going to come up to take that money. Right. Or if they get $300 extra, they know next week that the, you know, the fridge is going to break or the brakes are going to go out, whatever that is. And so they never save for that dream because it's always taken by something else. Mm, Yeah. Those are very much the archetypes. That's amazing. (laughs) Good job on that one. Yeah. I'm curious. um, What were you before you started doing this work? What was your style? Um, I was a money chaser and also at one point a money hot mess. Yeah. 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 It's easy to get into the chasing. Cause like if I invest a little more and everyone talks about like, you're your best investment and return on investment and all this stuff. And I am a huge believer in investing in yourself, but I also now know the difference between inspired full body, heck yes, investments and scrambly desperate, please save me investments. <laughs> and I've made them all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right. Um, and that's the biggest thing, you know, we, that's what gets in the way or, or compounds our stories is like what we want and how people tell us how to get there. Like, Oh, if you want this great business, you got to invest in it. Right. This conversation with my clients all the time. Um, because a lot of people will come and they okay, what do you want to manifest 10 K for? And a lot of it is to invest in my business. I'm like, great. What do you, then what does that create? Right. When, when you have that extra material, how much you're going to make, like, let's set up the, um, intention and the, the belief that that money goes somewhere else. But very often when people show up in my world, they're just so I have to invest in my business to make it successful, but they never take that step. Like, okay, how does this business, how does this investment lead to success? Whether it's more supplies or it's training or it's a marketing person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also see people just even with entrepreneurs um, that invest in all of the fancy funnels before investing like in themselves, like, mm-hmm. you know, their, their, their physical body, their mental health, their rest, their nutrition, their whatever is completely lacking because they're just like hustling and investing in all these mm-hmm. things. And I've done that where in the beginning of my business, I'm like, what's the funnel that's going to make me all the success. And, you know, fast forward eight years later, I'm like, oh, I am the center of all of this. And now I'm at this place where when I work out, when I go for a hike, when I make myself a beautiful salad for lunch or take a moment of breath work, like I make money. It's the weirdest thing. I'm like a client just came in as I finally said yes to going on a walk instead of hunching over my computer. So there's this element too, of like, what are you actually investing in? Like you're saying, like, where does the return come from? Mm -hmm. And are you neglecting yourself? That's just something I always think is important to note that you are the center of it and your energy. So if you're investing, make sure it's something that supports you as well. Absolutely. Right. Cause there's, you know, you're going to get out at the end what you put into it. And so, but there's this, you know, that comes up against sort of this belief out there that a lot of people have heard and be like, Oh, you got to sacrifice. You got to do this, but there's not, 
the only way to stop sacrificing is to stop sacrificing and believing you can have it, right? So if you create your business by sacrificing all those things, like there's not a magic moment where you're like, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. No, you created it in sacrifice. It's likely going to continue in sacrifice until you do it completely differently. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I'd love to speak to that, to hear your take on that, just how the energy in which you create something like you can create a lot from hustle, but then you need to live in this life of hustle to sort of maintain it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear your take on that, like the hustling and the, the one, two, three steps and the things you learn in books to create money and the strategies versus like the energetic piece, not even versus, but how those coexist together, because you can create money from a lot of different ways. There's people who are not good people in quotes that have a ton of money. It's not just about being spiritual or holy or positive. So I'd love to hear your take on that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, starting back, you know, kind of where we launched this conversation, you are going to create what you're doing every day, who you're being every day is what you're going to create. So if you go into your business and you're wanting this hustle, this hustle, 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 you know, and or thinking that's the only way to get there. You're gonna, you do, you have to create that pattern. You have to, you have to continue doing that. That's the only way, you know, success comes, right? So if you have to keep doing it one, because you've built that belief, like, oh, when I hustle, I'm successful, right? Until it doesn't start, until it doesn't work. And I'm a person, I think just because of my core of who I am, like, that hustle never, like never worked. <laughs> like it, I, I don't have a time where I was like, oh, hustling totally worked. And then I made a shift. Like for me, what I wanted and what I had set out that I wanted in life was so much of ease that when I did hustle or if I ever like fall back for a minute or a day or a week, right into that hustle, like things stop, like things, the minute that I push anything, things stopped. And I think that's for years, for probably five years, you know, before the eight years that we talked about at the beginning, I was pushing, 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 and it was all hard. But what I was trying to create was ease, right. Mm -hmm. And more flow and the life that I wanted, but I wasn't, I wasn't being who, what I wanted to create. And so I didn't create success. I just created more hustle, more hard, more, all of that. And people can create in hustle. Um, but yeah, then it, you have to make that shift. But if you are um, wanting to create a, like a business, a life, money that supports ease, you have to be willing to let it be easy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now, right? <laughs> not even like now, tomorrow, like yes. right in this very moment, not after I get this list of 30 things done, like right, right now <laughs> by I, taking I that hustle. list. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and saying like, what do I really want to, what's inspired and what came from someone else's voice that I'm trying to push forward and mm-hmm. make it happen. Yeah. And I'd love to kind of touch on like, cause everybody is looking for the how, and I, it's been a journey to me this journey of transformation is kind of like a continuum. Like I'm always changing and flowing. There's not very many hard stops and starts in, in my journey of growth, but how does someone who maybe saw their parents really hustle or was really encouraged in that way? Maybe even there's a lot of people that got in up into the corporate world and create a lot of success for, for themselves from hustle, but they are realizing, and they're hearing this conversation going like, 
could it actually be easy? Like, I don't want it to be hard then. Like, what do you mean? I just go to a beach and rake in money. (laughs) We always want to think that's impossible. So how do we even start to make that shift into believing that life can be easy, whether it's money or anything else, love, health. I mean, there's so many beliefs around this is hard. This is going to be an uphill battle. This is difficult. So how do we switch into that? You know, the first thing that like anyone could do right now when they get off of this or even right now, like they can say like, this can be easy, right? Anytime they feel like that, oh, or the put like, oh, this can be easy because telling, like reminding yourself or saying that's a possibility. Yep. This can be hard. I can have to roll the boulder uphill and this can be easy, right? Automatically opens our brain to filter in if different information to give us different insight and inspirations. And we say, this can be easy. That means that tells our brain, like I'm Googling, this can be easy. Right. And so our brain goes and pulls those files instead of this is hard. And that's what our brain gives us. And so that's the place I start, you know, as you go along. And as you were saying this, this client just popped in that I love, you know, her parents, um, they immigrated here and they had stores and they push and they work like 24 seven. And she was like, I don't want to do that. But it was a very hard, it wasn't hard. It took, um, practice to unwind that, you know, and she's like, Oh, like, you know, can it be easy? And now she's a master at it being easy. You know, one of my favorite stories, she, Uh, she had a property where she shared a backyard with someone else and she came, she's like, Oh, someone's buying that property. I think I should go like full on, you know, hustle, but in the form of like, get a lawyer, get a contract, tell them what they should do, what they shouldn't do. And I was like, is that who you want to be? Cause that's the second question, right? This can be easy. And is that who you want to be? Because who you are being is the life you will create. And she's like, Nope. And I was like, all right, shake. But my mom said, I was like, I get it. Do you want to be your mom? You know, like, do you want, come back to that? Like, do you want that life? And she let it go. And the person who moved in and ended up investing $10,000 to make the yard even better, like rents her place for Airbnb, like, you know, promotes it, like brings friends and they rent her Airbnb. And it's just this very beautiful thing that she got by letting it be easy. Mm. Yeah. I love that. I often ask myself in business and in life, how can I make this easier on myself? Cause mm-hmm. I feel like whether it's money or anything else, I tend to make things extremely difficult. And I notice I would do, it would show up in business. Cause you know, business is the best personal development course ever. Um, and it would show up in business where I'm like, Oh, I have this idea. Okay, cool. I'm going to launch this challenge next week. And I realized I just created like I just had the idea for a 21 day challenge and I'm telling people it's next week and I haven't created anything. And I'm all of a sudden like, why am I making this so hard on myself? Um, And that's just one example, but it is with money. It's like we strife and we stress and we try to sort of helicopter parent it and micromanage it. And yes, I'm, I'm all a fan of a savings system, a savings plan, investments, whatever you want to do with your money, of course, but why does it have to be stressful? And why does there have to be so much 
you know, um, control around it, worry around it. There's always, I think there's like a systemic lack belief too, whether that's one of your main beliefs as a human, or it's just given to us in our system, the way that we're taught about money. I really feel like, especially our parents and then what they were taught from their parents, like that was real scarcity. That was war times. And I just think there's been a lot passed down. Do you see lack? I mean, I know it was one of your types, but do you see that come up in probably almost everybody? (laughs) Um, I see lack show up in the form of a story sometimes, right? And generally, I would say lack doesn't come up as much in my business, but that that hard, right? That hard comes up because we're taught. And so then we have this belief, if we want more money, then we, it has to be harder. And so very often we create the hard, right? Not even like we create the hard to justify getting the money, mm-hmm. to be worthy of the money. Mm -hmm. If I work hard, then I will be worthy to receive this money. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Or we, yeah. And create, and I did this, you know, about six months after leaving my job, like I found myself like working very hard. I don't know what I was doing, but I, I was like, this is a pattern. You don't have to do this anymore. Like you don't have to report for 40 hours. You don't have to report for 50 hours. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like let it be easy, you know, but again, it was, it was just falling back into what I had done and reminding myself, this can be easy. You already have money coming in. You don't have to push for it. Like you don't have to, nobody cares what you're doing because you're going to pay yourself either way. Mm -hmm. And that kind of speaks to the reprogramming phase in you know, our evolution and manifestation. I don't know if that's what you call it, but there is a stage where I've found, I'd love to hear your take on this, that we need to reprogram the way our brain is working. Cause by default, we just will default into like, Oh, Oh. And it's like starting to be aware and catch yourself. Like I was saying at the beginning where I'd start to hear myself saying like, Oh, I just hate money X, Y, Z. I'm like, Oh, this isn't what I want to be, right? That's not who I want to be. That's not the experience I want. So do you deal with that with clients? Do you go through that sort of reprogramming process? And did you have to do that with yourself? The the subconscious, the conscious patterns, the things we say, um, all of that stuff. Um, we do it on a very conscious level. Mm -hmm. Um, for me and my experience digging for anything that was below the surface, my brain was always able to find something. So I stopped digging a long time ago and really work in the present. So we don't, we are always up-leveling our programming of our brain. Like, like my clients were constantly. So it is not uncommon, probably, you know, like 20 times on a call to hear, is that the story you want to live? You know, stop. Like, because whenever they go into any of that, it's an immediate, like, program. Like I don't even let them finish the sentence. If it's, if I know it's not going their story. Right. Uh, and so it's not a, like, here's a concentrated, um, time. We're going to do that. It's always, Mm -hmm. you know, we're constantly doing it through the work. We're constantly doing it when they show up and speak. Um, we're constantly doing it through different reflection. Like, is this the story you want to be true? Because even when we get, you know, to a great story, then we want to write a better story. You know, so we're constantly up-leveling the words, the stories, the thoughts that are going um, through my brain and my clients. And yeah, I'm always up-leveling that. I'm always stepping into, all right, this is possible. This is cool. This is happening. Like, what do I want more of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I've found that that's really important. And I agree about digging under the surface. I think sometimes um, that there's a couple you know, big stories that may be running the show, but the present moment is the only place that we create from. So yes, do your healing work. If you really are, can't move past something and can't kind of get into the present moment or really go there because there is something going on. But I do think for most of us being her now being in that energy now, I mean, that's always the key for everybody. So it's, it's, can you do that? And can you maintain you know, to the best of your ability, that energy or being the person, being the energy that you want to create in the world. I totally, um, or not even in the world, but in your life. And I definitely agree with that. And I really realized when my income started shifting, the only thing I did, it was nothing strategic. And the income was coming through the business that like doubled and then tripled like month after month. And I was like, holy crap, I really tapped into something. It was my own ability for lack of making it an entire podcast episode about what really happened. It was really my ability to choose joy anyway. It was just like, can I choose peace over this? Can I get back to homeostasis, to neutral even? Can I connect my breath? Can I just not bypass it, but go like, you know what? I know that train of thought and I know it doesn't go anywhere good. So my ability to choose the energy I wanted to experience over and over and get diligent. And I always tell my clients, I'm like, this is the time to get weird with it. Like get obsessed in a good way of like, no F it. That's not pulling me down. I'm choosing joy, you know, do it like do do funky dances and punch pillows and scream it out if you need to, to get back to your joy. Like just do what you need to do to alchemize and move through and choose that better energy again. And that sort of like going at that hardcore, people just started reaching out to me because I became more magnetic. So do you have any thoughts around that and that type of energy of like getting really diligent about choosing what you want? Yeah. I think when we're diligent about choosing what we want, I had this conversation with a client the other day, right? She, you know, I'm like, you get to choose, like you get to choose your worth, this thing that you're creating right now, or you get to choose this other story that's been running through your head for a week, you know, and she's done the work. She's two years in, right. But this is a new level of awesomeness to open to. Um, and for me, I'm constantly choosing that diligent. Like, you know, I, I went through a period um, when I was still working and I tell people all the time, like I probably spent 50% of my waking hours choosing what I wanted, right. Just constantly choosing. I have like random pieces of paper at my desk and I just had this process I'd go through and, but just constantly choosing and that diligent, like, this is what I want, you know, um, this is the life I want. This is the thought I want. This is what I want to create, you know? Yeah. I really feel like when you do that, because the way that it occurs to me with universe and energy and stuff is like, you are in charge, no matter what we have free will and your energy and what you're putting out ultimately will dominate or take over what sort of the universe has for you because the universe in nature is abundant. Like, even if you just look at nature itself, it's abundant always. And there's always growing and shifting and a tree falls and it becomes food. And like, there's just never ending abundance. So it kind of comes down to, you know, us going, no, I choose that and bringing that conscious mind on involved and your body, your actions. Like when you do that, the universe goes like, Whoa, there's a girl who knows what she wants. Like, okay. Like, why didn't you tell me that's what you wanted? Cause you kind of do need to tell the universe 
not just with your thoughts and not just with a meditation, but like with your actions, with your energy, the energy that you're bringing to this situation is placing that order. Right. So I love that you say that like 50% of your waking time was like, no, I choose this. Yeah, absolutely. And that doesn't mean I always like to throw this in there. It doesn't mean I didn't feel sad when I was sad. One of my biggest things about being in that present and choosing is also choosing to be whatever feelings there, right? Choosing a yes. And so in those times, even when, you know, I'm choosing, 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 I wasn't avoiding feeling like it feel the feelings and then choose. Right. Um, because that is where we get to. And I like to speak to your, like, yeah, the order, right. The universe is going to send us more of what we say yes to. Right. It's just like, it's like somebody bringing you out things from the buffet, like, oh, you wanted a salad. Oh, like, do you want the wilted leftover lettuce? Like, no. Right. But if you say, oh yeah, well, the universe sent me a salad, then they're going to like, oh, that's, that's the level you want. Right. But if you're like, no, I want like the most beautiful salad. I want the like things that look like weeds and the, you know, you know, all the, all the fun stuff. I want to, you know, fancy all the vegetables, all the things. Right. Um, Then that's, you're going to get more of because it's what we say yes to. But very often I think, that people think, oh, I, I should say yes to this, right? Mm. Uh, if it's not what you want, don't say yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, I'll say that where I say, like, if it's not a, a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and different people have different ways of saying that, but like yeah. there is a full body feeling. And I'll even bring that to like say, you know, I've got three kids and some nights it's like, I just don't want to cook. Okay, what are we gonna get? And instead of just being like, oh, let's just get the whatever, I'll think <laughs> about it. Like, even though it's just a, you know, I, I just want to bail myself out from having to cook kind of thing, I'll think, but what do I want? And we'll kind of go through the list. I'm like, yes, yeah, Sue. Sushi. How's sushi? And my husband's like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And I know that's so trivial and it doesn't seem like it makes a difference, but instead of being like, oh, this, you know, this soggy burger again, like, it's almost like, I know it's, that's just one example, but it's, it, you choose your experience. You choose to feel joy for things or not. And so many people choose and then are the victim to what they've chosen, like, especially with boundaries and things. And they can't, you know, they say yes, when they're meaning to say, no, I don't want to go out and do this, or I don't want to be in this job anymore. This relationship isn't working, but they don't know that they are worthy or capable of making a different choice. And it's that place where a lot of people get stuck in kind of their patterns. And then I think that's where that diligence comes out. And that focus of like, if I don't want this, I have to start acting and thinking and emoting (laughs) differently. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the sushi example is amazing because so often it's, oh, like I'm not choosing or I'm choosing the easiest instead of what I really want. Like that's just setting yourself up to do every day, right? Mm -hmm. When we are making and, you know, we're making those choices, but we're not making the choice. That's what we really want. That, that does become the pattern. It becomes the default because it's who we're being. There's kind of little way out of that, right? One of the easiest ways we could give people, I think, to start right now is that. Like, mm-hmm. choose exactly what you want, right? If there's nothing, you open the fridge. You know, I work from home, so this, I'm about to do this, right? Open the fridge. If there's nothing that is the hell yes, like then asking, what do I want? Instead of just saying no, what, what I think gets people stuck is it's like they say no, 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 until they give in to like, okay. Mm. Instead of saying no, no, stop. What do I really want? Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I love that. And that actually is great because I was going to ask you in the process that you shared at the beginning with the 10 K you said, you know, it's the intention and there's a very intentional part of setting the intention for 10 K. And so I'd love to talk about that, about setting intentions and what that even means and how a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I intend to be a freaking millionaire, but like, what is like setting the intention? So it's actually a placed order, not a reaction, not a, you know, based in limit or just sort of something that we're saying, cause we think it'll make us whole and complete or, you know, how do we really kind of set what we would say like authentic intentions or whatever word you'd use for that. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause, uh, you know, 10 years ago I would have had a process And right now what I'm realizing, we don't, we don't formally set it. We just go right into the beingness of it. Um, You know, so the first, one of the first assignments is, all right, someone walks up to you tomorrow and hands you $10,000. What are you going to do with it? Right. And because we're automatically like intentions are great. I believe in doing life with intention, but I think it gets a little, it gets used, right? Like, here's the thing. It's, I intend this to be fixed instead of like, which is sort of outsourcing sometimes our intentions we use to try and outsource what we should be doing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I intend this to work out easy instead of, okay, how am I going to show up and what choice am I going to make so that it is easy? Right. A very odd. And there's, it's, it's a balance in all of this work because sometimes we want to outsource the things we should be, we should be doing, we should be taking ownership of. Right. Um, and so one of the things, so I love intentions and I think that's one of the things that gets in the way, but one of the, to get back to your question, you know, when we say, what are you going to do when $10,000 shows up, we're automatically becoming the person who it's going to show up for. Like Mm -hmm. we're planning for it and not dreaming for it, planning for it, which is one of the reasons we do 10,000, like, And then there's a whole process that I go through with people, Um, you know, then they have to look at their list and evaluate it against a lot of different things. There's different assignments like, oh, are you doing this for debt? Because you think X, Y, Z, like if you had, if you had, you know, vacation on there, great. Where are you going? How much is it? What are you doing? So that we're really in the beingness, not just like oh, I intend this because what I find is very often people who just, oh, like want to set the intention. There's no clarity about it. A lot of times they have no idea what it's for, right? Or they have no idea what they would do if that showed up tomorrow, which is definitely not in the beingness of having that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. Um, because I, I found that forever. I was like, I just want 10 K months or I just want this. And it's like, but what do you want to do with it? Well, I mean, I'd buy this and this, and this but it wasn't really like, I wasn't connecting to it. And another aspect that really shifted me. And I don't know um, if you teach this or think about this yourself, you probably do, but I often think like, how does me manifesting this actually serve the world. And, and some people like that has been such a light bulb where I'm like, if you got the money, how does that serve the world? And they kind of, at first you're like, Oh, what? And when I get them to the place where they realize that, like, when I am working my magic, when I am stepping into my worth, when I am in my power, when I'm creating financial overflow, and I'm feeling that sense of freedom, I'm able to give back to people. I'm able to tip. I'm able to buy jewelry from the Etsy seller instead of, you know, the big box store, or I'm able to show people what is possible. And I had a client 
with chronic pain. And we connected to how would you healing your chronic pain serve the world? And that was really tough. And she actually had to work through, she felt like she would like outshine her mom who also deals with chronic pain, all this stuff. But then she realized I would inspire friends and I would, you know, my husband would be in awe of like what I've done and, and show people what's possible and just all these other things. And so sometimes I like thinking about that too, is like, how is bringing in more money going to allow me to expand everyone? Because when I do invest in my coach, I'm supporting her business. Or when I give a great tip to a server or, you know, whatever it is, I'm supporting other people as well. So do you ever think about that and, and, uh, go through that yourself? Um, I, for my clients, they tend to have had a lot of shoulds about money. So we are, it's always about us. And when they change, they see the ripple they see what they are able to do. They see how there's more money in the family bank account when they're taking more ownership of that, either bringing it in or only investing in what they want. Um, but rarely do I, I think it's a great technique for whoever it works for. Like if, mm-hmm. if something works, you should do it. Right. Mm-hmm. If it calls to you, if Talia just said this and you're like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That helps me shift. I think it's amazing. I think for me that it never worked. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, because I was already in that place of over giving over doing for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, and so for me, I needed it to be about me. I needed to create my financial freedom and leave my job for me. So I could live, not be supporting anyone else, not be, you know, whatever. So I could be happy first and I could do what I want because I knew that would open up more space and help other people do it. So I think we get to that place, whether we start there or not. Um, it just happens to be for my clients that doesn't serve them probably because it never served me. I tried mm-hmm. that for years mm-hmm. and it just, um, it, it never connected. It never, mm-hmm. because I was already doing that. I was already trying to live for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so taking the ownership, what do I fully want? Why do I want this money is really what started big shifts for me. Right. Yeah. I love that. And I love that honesty because it's true. A lot of us, a lot of my audience, myself, empaths, highly sensitive people have been overgiving for their entire life. So I could totally see if that doesn't resonate. And for me, I think I have all these fantasies of how I want to like help all these people. Like I just have mm-hmm. all these, like to my husband, I'm like, I want to send them away for an anniversary weekend and take yes. the kids and let them go and surprise them. And I just want to do all this outrageous stuff with my money um, that I think sometimes like phone my bestie and being like, pack your bags. The trip is me. It's all on me. We're going to Costa Rica. And she's like, what? Like, I really get jazzed about that stuff, but I do totally understand too, that it, it does need to come home to like, how does this support my life and, and, and my own, you know, my own life and my own self. So yeah, I totally, it might apply to some people and maybe not for others. So I had a client a few weeks ago that needed to manifest uh, $4,500 by the end of the week. Uh-huh. <laughs> she had something coming out. She's like, how do I do it to Leah? And I was like, okay. So the first thing we talked about was the belief. And I'd almost like to talk a little bit about if you had a client like that, or there's a lot of people out there that are like, I want to take this course in two months or, you know, whatever, I want a quantum leap. And I was going to ask you about quantum leaping, about bringing in a lot more than you ever have fairly quickly. And personally, I believe that absolutely anything is possible. First of all, we live in unlimited possibility, but there are some things like your belief system in what is possible. You know, do you actually think it's possible to bring in $4,000 by the end of the week or 4,500? 
um, and kind of working through that. But if somebody had that, or when you're in that situation where you're like, come on, sugar daddy, I need the 10 grand for some training or something you're really excited to do. What do you do in that circumstance? Or if somebody's looking to quantum leap? Yeah. Um, I have a lot of stories of this, but the one that's coming up to share right now. Um, so I've never, um, will come back to me and share their story first. So this was a woman who is living in another country. She was American, but she was living in another country uh, in South America, I believe. This is when I very first um, started doing money, money, money. And they also had a wedding to pay for. And she was like, we're out of money. Like literally she's like, I'm out of money. What do I do? Like, A, we have this wedding to pay for, but we can't even, like, we don't have food right now. Like, you know, we're just, we don't have enough money right now. And, um, when you, when we go through and we, um, you identify what you're going to do with your 10,000, we write your 10,000, 10 K moment, what I call it when you have that and you tap into what does that feel like? What's that feeling? And then you come up with an activation list, right? So we're not trying to force ourselves to be happy. If happy is how we're going to feel, we actually have a list of 10 things we can go do that activate happy in us. Right. And so I told her, it was like, you just do everything you can on that list as much as you can. Um, Within a couple of weeks, their family who had never sent money, never, like she's like, they have never given us anything, sent them money to live, was like, we'll cover the wedding, like out of the blue, they didn't ask, it just happened. And, you know, emphasized because she was like, this, my, my parents have never given me money before. Right. His family has said, you know, they won't help. They won't do anything. Right. So for me, it's activating because it skips the belief part. I don't, sometimes it's hard to convince ourselves to believe, believe in something. Um, and I think I tried to do that for a lot of years. I tried to convince myself to believe I could make money in my business. And I had a lot of proof I couldn't. So the key for me was leaping to that place where I don't, that isn't a thing, right? And whether that comes through activating how you're going to feel when you have it um, or becoming the person who's, you know, if the 10,000 was in your bank account right now, what would you be doing, right? You wouldn't be sitting here fretting. You would be, oh, I'd be out doing whatever, right? I'd be out for a walk. I'd be going about my life without thinking about this, right? Tapping into that place is how I would do it. I love activating the feeling because it's just such a thing like we talked about before we started recording, but what do I do, right? And when we're in those moments of this is immediate, the what do I do seems like we need a what do we do. So activating that feeling is a what to do um, if you need that. But I, I don't, I haven't been in that position in a really long time. Like if I, if it's a really a heck yes, I want that course. I don't invest in it if I don't have it. Um, only one time, one time I did uh, because I knew, I knew it was a course I needed. It was $2,000. I didn't have it because I'd paid $7,000 to get to this event. My credit cards are maxed out. This was like 15 years ago, maybe. And, um, you know, but I knew in my heart of hearts, like I needed to do this. And it might be the first time I like had that knowing, and I'm like, well, I'll make the first payment and I'll figure it out, right? I'll make the down payment. There's this much space for the first, the down payment on my credit card. And I went to dinner that night and these people that I had been hanging out with at this event, she says to me, uh, she goes, hey, you have to do that course for your book. And I was like, I know. She goes, you gotta sign up for it. I said, I did. She goes, how are you gonna pay for it? I said, I don't know. I just made the first payment. She's like, I'll send you a check when we get home. 
I had known this woman for four days. Yeah. Um, And so for me, there's, it depends on where we're at, right? If we're doing it because it's a heck yes, like, and we know like this is, everything is resonating in our body, then we can trust that's going to show up. If it's like, oh crap, I got to pay rent and I don't know how to pay rent. It's stepping into the person who is paying their rent and following inspiration from there, which could be calling someone, could be getting a random loan, could be signing up for Instacart. Like we don't know what the inspiration is going to look like, Mm -hmm. but getting out of the space of worry into the space of being is key. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I love that because the being will always override the mind, in my opinion. And I do think beliefs are really important. If you're going through your day going, there's no way I'm going to do it. There's no way I'm going to do it, which is what we talked about in the beginning, right? Your stories Mm -hmm. and being aware of that stuff. You can't be out in the forest being like, I'm going to go on a walk, but how, I don't know how this is going to make me money. And like those things, that's what I kind of mean with beliefs. It it could sabotage you, but I a hundred percent agree that if you're in your joy and I just did this, I do this all the time as well with clients. the other day, I'm like, what makes you joyful? And she's like, well, yoga, but especially at a class and doing this and doing that. I'm like, okay. So by the time we talk next week, I want to hear that you've done all the things because she was wanting a big outcome and wanting a big shift. And it's like, but what do I do? Do the yoga in the class because you say it makes you feel timeless. And like, you're just in your bliss and you're in your joy. That's what you need to be doing. And it's, it's hard to put that together for some people, but I just told her to like, just see right? Because the way you feel is the first evidence of manifestation. The way that you feel when you're on your mat, if you have that feeling of well-being and gratitude and just like, to me, that is safe to say that all the things are on the way. Like they're already here when you experience that feeling. Do you, do you, what's your take on that? Yeah. Anytime you can get into that space or that space that feels really good to you, Mm -hmm. you know, and what that space is from a, like a law of attraction standpoint is a space where you're not thinking about the things that aren't here. Mm -hmm. Right. Which it's for me, I always tell my clients, like, it's when you think you're doing it wrong, that you push it farther away. It's when you're worried it won't happen that you push it further away. Like if it's right here, you just pushed it back 10 feet because you're creating that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so absolutely finding that space where you're activating your joy, you're on your yoga mat. And that's the only thing, right. You're completely present, um, is key. And I think the other key that sometimes people miss is if that $45, $4,500 doesn't show up. The mistake I see people make is go back and try and fix them, like figure out what they did wrong. Mm. instead of keep trusting it's working out, maybe it shows up Sunday instead of Saturday, right? Which maybe that costs you an extra 50 bucks, but maybe it, maybe it shows up with an extra 50 bucks. I don't know, but it's the moment where we're like, Oh, it's not working. It's this, that we, we push it back away. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I heard I'll butcher it, but I heard a quote once that said like, faith isn't believing when everything is working out. Faith (laughs) is believing when it looks like it's not going to work out. And that just like 
hit me in my bones. Cause how many times with a launch, I'm like, Oh, you know, I see 10 people in the program and only three have joined. Oh my goodness. And you know, we have this many days and, you know, and then say it's getting down to the wire. Anytime I've gone, well, this is basically a write-off three days before cart closes. Those are the times when of course not the, the rest of the seven people or whatever. But when I hold that faith, and like you said, there's been times where the day after the cart closes, someone writes me and they're like, I was on vacation and I really want it. And I'm perfect for the program, please. And I'm like, well, of course it's, you know, it, 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 I love that we need to have faith even, and especially when it looks like it's not going to pan out. And I believe with money, like it's just like anything else, but that is particularly true because it, it takes, um, there is a process of manifestation for things to materialize into your life. It has to move from someone else's bank account to yours through some sort of portal or has to come from somewhere. And sometimes that could take one extra day, but if you don't hold that faith then you don't get to see that you got, like you said, it could be that and more, but the next day, and then are you really going to spend time saying it didn't work? Well, like, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Just to like lock this in for your, your listeners, you know, the woman that I talked about with the ease in the volleyball court, you know, she was, um, I don't so much said it anymore. It used to be manifest 10,000 in 90 days. Now it's like while you're in the program, which has grown to about six months, but she was close to her 90 days and she's like, it's not there. And, but, and we went through this whole coaching on it and, um, and it, we, you know, we got her to the place, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, now she's manifesting like hundreds of thousands of dollars, like did it matter that that didn't happen? You know, when all of these things happened in the months after, because you set it up, like, no, Mm. you know, like that wasn't a, it wasn't a, we know when we only put like that, I love the dollar amount because in a way it is a score and it keeps us going and it keeps us tracking. There's reasons I love money. Um, you know, but it's also, we have to look at everything else, right? Like, is it this, but you're, you're, it's easier, right? Did it only manifest 6,000, but it was super easy. You didn't really do anything for it. Like let's celebrate that. Yeah. Or the other ways that abundance shows up into our life. People think that money is the only way and money. If you're trying to call in money, then money is what you want. Money is what you need then. Yes. But in the same way too, I was just talking to a client yesterday and, and she's not so much about money, but manifesting in general. And one of the first things out of her mouth is like, Oh, we have so many, it feels like every day there's a new opportunity or idea for our business to expand. She and her husband um, own a yacht chartering business. And she's just like, every day, it feels like there's a new opportunity and new ideas. And I'm like, that is the zone as well, right? It's not just when the money comes into your bank account, it's everything surrounding it. It's the whole vortex. It's the whole energy field around it. And that's how it starts is entered like, um, opportunities, ideas, connections with people that shows you that you are in the flow and that that money is being set up in the background. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah. I count all of that as evidence, right? all the ideas. Um, and then, you know, when, when the ones inspired, you follow it, but all of those are evidence that more money is coming into your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and my clients document all of that, like, this means it's getting closer. This person said this, you were standing in line and you heard someone deposit a hundred thousand dollars in the bank account. Like that's evidence. Like it's getting closer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I'm manifesting a Jeep. Everyone that listens has have heard a million times about my Jeep and I just see it everywhere, like physical Jeeps. But every time I'm like, thanks universe for the Jeep. And I'm all about turquoise. And the yes, other day I saw this, I know which one you're manifesting <laughs> All this turquoise Jeep. And I just have never seen one before. And it like gave me heart flutters. And I was like, thank yeah. you universe. And someone might be like, well, it's not yours yet. And it's like, yeah, it basically is. It's right there. And that one was turquoise. I didn't even know I was looking for a turquoise sheep, but it's just so funny. Cause yeah, it does. It floats around. It's in your, it's in your sphere for a little bit, um, waiting for its chance to pop through until, you know, those things align and, and you kind of get in that zone. Um, last question then is a little bit about like, I had a client the other day who it was, this be- I love the conversations we have. Cause these are like just great life teachings and, and points to, you know, think about. So she was wanting to create more money. She has a really big business, a nonprofit organization, and she wanted to create more money. And she was saying things like, I got to tighten up and I got to save money here. And maybe there's a social media team that charges less money. And, and actually, in fact, her social media team, I think will end up going because they're not quite the right fit, but this was very much about money. And as I'm listening, intuitive guidance always comes because I do voice memo support with my one-on-ones. And so that's, I was listening to her and I just kept hearing like, pinching pennies is not going to be your way to a million dollars. And it just brought up this really neat thought of, yes, there's a time to be like, I'm paying for Netflix and I'm not even using it. Let's cancel it. Or I don't need that extra thing. Totally be responsible, but your way to the million dollars or the overflow of abundance that you're looking for in my experience is not going to come through more lack and more pinching. So I'd just love to hear you speak to that about what creates the overflow of abundance and that balance between like tightening up and not overspending, but then also being in overflow, which is a whole frequency itself. Yeah. Um, I think the key to that is investing in your happiness. So we, we don't often think of that when it comes to money, but really, um, one of the first things I do in those, you know, talking about changing your money story videos is use the word, replace the word spend with invest. Because when we spend, we expect money to go away. When we invest money, we do expect a return, whether it is a money return or it is like this shirt I'm going to wear a million times. I love it, right? Like that return on investment. Um, We get the return, that happiness every time we hit it or you know, every time I wear it or a Netflix, whatever, you know, we're sitting down calling with a partner and, um, you know, loving a show. And so what I always teach in in the middle of a budgeting for attraction, um, teaching with some of my clients is, you know, invest in that happiness, like start like pinching pennies. No, but if it's not an investment in your happiness and it could be, you know, your happiness, your, you know, there's your needs, right? Like those things like Maslow, that basic, we got to take care of ourselves. Right. Um, and that is an investment in that, you know, I always, again, teaching investing. And when I invest in my house, when I invest in my mortgage, I'm investing in my place to live for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm investing in what keeps me warm and dry. And you know, I have a pool has a pool that I get to play in. Right. Um, when I'm investing in my car, I'm investing in, you know, if it's transportation for someone to get to work or for me to take my child to, you know, school, like I'm investing in that. So I start with the investment. Um, But when we look through our bank account with this eye of, am I investing in my happiness? Right. So like, does that bring me joy? 
when I invest in XYZ, when I go to Target and I spend a hundred dollars, but I don't remember what I bought, like, did that bring me lasting joy? Is there a return on that investment or am I just spending it? Um, and so really looking at that instead of pinching pennies, I think is the much better because it, all those things naturally fall away. When you look at something and you're like, oh, that doesn't bring me joy. Like I can get rid of that. And then when your whole budget, the whole amount of money that you invest in your life is tied to joy and tied to a return, like that's a huge magnet for more money. Mm. I love that because groceries are an investment, but gas in your car is an investment when you look at it that way. And you're so right. I've never heard it said like that. And that's so beautiful when you spend, it's this energy of like, I'm, I'm giving it away and it won't return. I have less, you know, it's like I'm spending it, but investing it exactly. As you said, we expect a return. So that's, yeah, it's a beautiful way to kind of encapsulate too. what are the heck yeses? Like, does it feel like a worthy investment? And to me, something like organic food or, you know, lessons for my kids. Like I turn that into an investment that is, it's not just money I'm spending, but then there's other things that I'm like, yeah, I'm just spending that. That's the thing that maybe I don't need to be spending. It didn't bring me that joy. The tags are still on the shirts three months later. And it was just, cause it was on sale. Like, that did nothing for me, <laughs> right? But, but I'll be the one to spend a hundred dollars on Lululemons because I just actually love them. And, and that's crazy to some people. And I'm like, you know, I don't care if I spend 10 bucks on a t-shirt, but for some reason, those pants, they bring me joy. So I'd rather put my money there. That is an investment in the way I feel and, and whatever. Right. So yeah, I love that. I love that pivot. What a cool reframe on, you know, spending money. Um, so thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Is there anything you want to say to everyone about money? Anything that you feel was left unsaid, anything for those people that are like, I want more money. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it, you can have it. If you're saying, I want more money, I'm ready. Like you can have it. It will, you have to become the person who has it, but absolutely can have it, you know? And I always love this, you know, when you change your money story, how you're living with money, you change everything automatically. So I like to leave people with that. You know, we do have a story that's running and when we change that to be match the story we want to live has a ripple effect in the rest of our life automatically without like you could do the work on money and you get the benefit of like it working on other things without having to do a lot of work in that area. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is so true. It's like, yes, it's about the money. And also you will learn self-mastery along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. Mm -hmm. This has been so fun. Where can people find you? Where's the best place to hang around and see what you're up to and maybe even work with you? Where's the best place to find you? Yeah, you can go to enchantedlifeu.com for Enchanted Life University. If you want more of anything, like you want a quick link to the podcast, you want any of those, you can go to morecassie.com and just all those quick links. If you're interested in Manifest 10K or the books I have, all of that, the links are there. Amazing. What are your books? I'd love to hear. Uh, yeah, so I have seven, uh, we'll just go, yeah, we'll just go over a couple. Uh, so manifest 10,000. Yeah. Manifest 10,000, um, is law of attraction, you know, attracting more money. Um, double your business is about stepping into your future self and, um, you know, manifesting, doubling your business or more. Uh, I also have, and so then I have three more. There's the champagne life series. They're all LOA marketing to serve, for business people. And then my novellas, which I love, they are fiction books, uh, choose me and own it. 
So if you're looking, it's spring, you're going to the beach. Those are good, quick reads um, and just fun. And if you're in this space, you might like um, they have, you might want a sort of a, a growth spin and they definitely have that inside the book. So nice. You're a natural yeah. writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good job. That's amazing. Cool. Well, I will also put all those links in the show notes for you to find Cassie and follow along on her journey and keep soaking up the wisdom. Thank you so much again. This has been such a pleasure. Everyone's going to get a lot out of this. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I genuinely hope that it helped you in your life and it inspired you. If you want to find more from me and my guests, make sure to check the link in the show notes, find us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. I am at Talia Joy Manifestation. Make sure to take a screenshot that you're listening to the show. Come and tag us over on Instagram. Let us know your takeaways. We love to hear about people manifesting their dream lives. So make sure to check the link in the show notes. There are also some free goodies down there for you. I'll see you in the next episode.